This podcast is sponsored by Fluid Design. Welcome to another Rowing Illustrated podcast. We are in the middle of hot and humid summertime racing right now. U23s has kicked off. That's going on in Poland. USA is looking pretty strong, especially that men's four that was battling it out with Germany today. Then we could kick it over to Canadian Henley next week. That'll be fun for the club people. Followed up by Junior Worlds, Clark Dean and company going at it there. Followed up by World Championships. That'll be even more exciting. With that in mind, let's bring on one of the podcast fan favorites, Andrew Campbell, back in the USA men's lightweight single. Andrew, it's great to have you back. Hey, Andrew, it's been quite a while since we've had you on. Thanks for coming. What, what's been going on? Thanks for having me back on, Sean. It's, uh, it has been a while. I think you're saying the last time uh, we spoke was probably right after the, right after the Olympic trials. Um, and so, yeah, a lot, a lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think uh, we talked a little bit before Red Bull High Stakes one time. I forgot about that. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. We, we snuck one in. So yeah. what did you do during your year off? Yeah, so right after the Olympics, um, uh, Josh and I sort of went our separate ways, stopped, stopped rowing um, for the time being, and I moved right out to the Bay Area. Um, I got a job out there, and uh, just kind of, like, I've been in Boston, so I started college, totally loved it, but I sort of felt uh, I need to, like, change things up a little bit, go somewhere where rowing was so front and center. So went up to California, um, worked out there for, for a year, rode my bike a lot, um, really mountains to, to cycle it off there. And then um, around uh, September of uh, last year, I got transferred to Chicago by my work. So I've been in Chicago since October. Nice. Um, yeah, and Really, it's, it's only been since I, since I got to Chicago that I started getting back into rowing. Uh, I was doing a little bit of rowing out of CSC in Oakland, but, um, you know, more like a once-a-week kind of thing. Uh, just sort of staying in touch with it for fun. I wasn't really seriously thinking about coming back to training until um, felt more like last fall. I get it. I get it. I mean, he's... Getting back into it. I mean, you had quite a run at trials this year. You lit up the time trial pretty good, so that that was fun to watch. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with, with how I did at trials. I um, I I've been training alone uh, for most for most of the year, and I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of work with a small training group in Boston in the two weeks leading up to the trial. But I didn't really have a ton of good personnel benchmarks. I obviously always have like speed coach style benchmarks to go off of. So I knew I was going decently well, but not, you know, not with any idea where I'd be relative to someone like Tyler. Like I haven't seen Gyro in two years. I have no idea, you know, how fast he's going. Um so it's good to see that I could post below seven minutes. That's usually a good uh a good indicator going into the world. That is that is pretty good. I mean so you know, looking at Worlds this year, who are you looking at? Uh, you know, you're, you're going to do a little racing. You mentioned Canadian Henley, but uh, yeah, that, that'll that be a fun one for you to go to. What about uh, who are you looking to race? Who are you looking to race this year? Who are you looking forward to? Yeah, so I, I've known Peter, uh, I've known um, 
Michael Schmidt, I'm sorry if this Peter Schmidt, Dipper Schmidt, Michael Schmidt for, for a long time now, we, uh, I don't know if we raced his under 23s, but it was like that era of time, like we've been racing each other for years, um, I saw him at the Charles this year, he obviously, uh, took home the gold and the chance single at the Charles, um, so, and he, I believe he, he won the turn, so he's, he's definitely kind of the, on paper, the guy to beat right now, um, but interestingly, with the lightweight single, and this has always been the case, particularly in this year, in the pre-pre-Olympic year, it kind of, it kind of always goes to whoever doesn't have the double partner sorted out yet. There's always, like, a top-notch guy or a couple of guys who, for some reason, the double's gone wrong and they end up, they end up rowing, uh, rowing in a single, um, as was the case with, uh, with Jeremy Azu in 2013, yeah. uh, and uh, you know uh, the Italian and um, and Germany had an amazing color in 2014. So it, it'll come down to you know two weeks before the regatta when they post the entries uh, to to know who's the real who's the real competition. Yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty good. Speaking of double partners, are you are you holding auditions soon? What are the requirements? Yeah, that hasn't, that hasn't quite started yet. Uh, I, although I know that this fall it needs to, it needs to get worked out. So I, um, I, I'm, I'm on board for right now. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to, to putting together a double and, and continuing to be involved in this, in this process. Um, I'll likely spend some time, uh, a decent amount of time in Boston this fall, um, going through partners just because I have, uh, so much support there, and particularly the the helpful eyes of Charlie and Linda um, on the Charles. So there, there's a, there's a couple candidates. Um, I'd say that like last go around, it was sort of obvious at this point that Nick, Josh, so Nick Trojan, um, Josh Kinesmi, Austin Meyer, and I should all train together in Boston um, and select a double from that group. Um, and we were able to pretty easily come together and make that happen. This time around, it's a little bit less clear um, who the who the top players are, just because the there hasn't been a tremendous amount of speed on the lightweight singles side for us in the last year or two. Um, no one has really challenged seven minutes, uh, other than I guess. Matt O'Leary and, and Nick had had a had a great race at trials last year, um, but you know in this past year it's been like Nick is kind of in and out of the game, and so it'll be a question of getting him spun up again, and then and then Matt has been dealing with an injury so far this year, so um, it's it's going to be it's going to be some some probably some more sorting to do uh, come come the early fall, um, but we're going to make it happen. Got time? Yeah, you do. That that feels pretty good. So coming back to Boston. Speaking of Boston and uh, your your H one fifties there, what did you think about their season? They sort of uh, had a good run, had a little bit of stumble, and then you know ended up with the bronze at IRAs. Yeah, I think I think they they I, I love to see they finished strong. Um, I think they had you know, like they had some good early season speed. Um, which sort of, sort of fell off around the time of, of HYPs. Um, but it seems like they, they 
got it back together. I have a ton of confidence in, in Billy. I think he's doing a great job, um, as well as Enoch Amando does a does a tremendous job with the lower boats. Um, so it's been fun. I, I got to spend you know a couple of weeks hanging around Newell, and I was training with this guy Drake Tool, who's a uh, who's kind of a young stud on the, on the lightweight team. You may know him from his uh, his Crash E fame. I think he's like a 606 or something like that at Crash B. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a little bit of work with him uh, leading up to the trials. We actually did a lot of pieces together. Um, and he's figuring it out. So I that, that boat that uh, HBO had a, had a super young crew this year. Uh, and uh, I, I expect them to get better and better over the next couple of years as, they, as those kids kind of like coalesce into a unit. Yeah, that that's, that kid Drake's going to be pretty good. Uh, thinking about training, I had someone send me a question like in the past that I thought I'd bring up. Someone want to know, do you lift when you're in training? What do you do for lifting weights if you do at all? Yeah, I actually historically have lifted a lot. Um, and it's always been a big part of my, of my training uh, repertoire. Really going back to high school, I wrote for um, a husband and wife couple, Jan and Olga Vengerovsky in high school who early on had me on a really heavy weight program. Um, and I always felt like the weights were less important for physiological reasons as they were for technique reasons. So I feel like I rode better after I've been lifting in the recent, recent past. Um, it almost feels like it kind of like wires your brain into the right way to go and pick up a weight, which is like really what we're doing. We're like talking about how can I bear load effectively? How can I make sure that my core is translating power from the handles and push stretchers? And I know that lifting, you know, physically makes you stronger, but I think it, it, it's almost more important that it just teaches you how to keep that core firm and like how to actually be connected um, through the drive. So I... I, I lifted a lot through the winter this year um, as I was getting back into being trying to get a little bit bigger because I've historically always been kind of on the smaller side. Um, I've, I've had like, room to go at, at pretty much every way and I've done. Um, and uh, I've, I've seen some good returns from it. Like, I'm continuing to get faster on the erg as I get stronger in the weight room. All right. I mean, that, that sounds like it's transitioning pretty well and things are coming up. I mean, with, with all that in mind, speaking of weigh-ins, uh, what's your go-to, you know, go-to tr- meal and training and, and out of training? What, any differences in your diet or do you just go? In my, di- in my diet, um, I generally try to, uh, like nowadays my, my big campaign is just trying to cut back on my sugar intake. Um, I, I realize that if I'm if I am having too much sugar during the day, I'm always crashing in the afternoon. And the afternoon practice becomes uh, pretty difficult. So managing that has been helpful. Um, in general, I don't really stress about my diet too much. I try to keep it generally pretty clean, but um, I'm often just trying to get the calorie calorie in intake that I need to, to maintain some body mass and strength. Um, I eat a lot of salmon. I eat a lot of quinoa. Uh, yeah, those are kind of my, my two faves. I do a lot of variations of things all mixed in a bowl that are based around those two components. 
How about a cheat meal? You got a cheat one you just sort of go to when things aren't there? <laughs> oh, cheat meal? I mean, I don't even know if it's father's cheat meal because I eat so much. But when I was in Boston, I had three days. The two weeks I was there, I probably went to three days like five times. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That yeah, Felipe, yeah. I was there like a couple of weeks ago with my wife. It's a pretty good place. Not too bad. And that rooftop now, that rooftop is gorgeous. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. We had to wait a while for margaritas, but it was all right. I remember when that place was just like a little hole in the wall. It's, uh, it's definitely upgraded recently. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's turned around. It's definitely got a single scene vibe going on right now. And there's like two or three lines and bars everywhere. So it's it's kind of cool. All right, well, hey, thanks a lot for doing this as always. We appreciate it, and good luck this year at Worlds. Thank you, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be on the social media, so uh, don't be afraid to say hi, everybody. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks to Andrew for another great podcast, as always. Um, that's it. Let's try and get some more people rounded up for a couple more podcasts before Junior Worlds and Worlds and everything else. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, see you online, and we'll go from there. Take care.